Oh my god. <laughs> How have I not been paying attention? And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, supercard.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. A little behind the scenes of what just happened. Uh, if you're not watching the video, which I urge you to do, uh, don't say you do because I know, I know that how many people watch it. It's like two. <laughs> uh, if that, I ha- I didn't have the microphone near my mouth and the theme song was going on. It was playing and, and doing all that stuff it needs. And then I, I pick up the iPad. So I put the laptop down to me, next to me. And I pick up the iPad and I start looking for Google Drive where I keep all the notes for the episode. And, and this is where we are now. Uh, the microphone was nowhere near my face, is what I'm trying to say. Hey, we're back. This is episode 143 of the Constitutionals Podcast, uh, the premier podcast for CivilsComedy.com. It's the only podcast thus far, but there are other podcasts that have been ideated. 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 Yes, here we are. We're back. I'm just making sure. Oh, my God. You know what? I typed in episode 150 on the uh, on the audition. This is boring. <laughs> this is boring. If you're watching the video, you will notice that there is only one camera set up today. Uh, so far, the battery problem that is still going on with the Canon is still going on with the Canon. Uh, at some point, in a couple of weeks, maybe I'll be able to buy some batteries. Uh, I can't right now because rent is due tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. So uh, that comes first. Living comes first. I have a camera for now. Uh, in fact, I actually had to shoot uh, news time using my phone for the cold open, this week's news time for my, my phone for the cold open and the GoPro for the main camera, which is stupid. And now, and so for the GoPro, you know, I have to stand, it has to stand so far back, you know, it can't be too close. Otherwise it'll look bad, which it does in the end product. And then it can't stand too far back. Otherwise I have to blow up the video. So I had to meet myself in the middle. I had to put the GoPro, you know, uh, super closer than what the Canon would be to shoot news time to me. And, uh, then I had to D which I, which is a great thing I learned via, um, online stuff searching, uh, for premiere. You can, you can D, um, D fish eye the video, which is awesome. Uh, and they have like a sp- specific filter for that, which is wonderful. But then I had to zoom in the at the at the scale of the video, so now it looks grainy. So, but it's a really it's a well written episode of News Time, and in fact, I pre wrote this week's episode, next week's episode of News Time, which is great. Which I haven't pre written an episode <laughs> a year, <clears throat> and now there's something wrong with my voice where I, it's a little bit higher. Maybe I'm still going through puberty. But here we are with this News Time, uh, just sitting here enjoying my time. <laughs> doing this time and I'm not enjoying myself. Uh, this, yeah. Episode 143. Why do we put such emphasis on how many episodes have been done, you know, for shows or something like this is the 150th episode of the TV show or hundred or 200th episode or, you know, so on and so forth. I just want to like when you do a late night show, I remember watching, um, an episode of late night, late, late show with, uh, James Corden. And it happened to be their, I don't know, they're like 500th show or something like that. He's been doing it for like, what, three years? So, yeah. 
So something, some like some hundredth, or it was like a, it was a fiftieth. It was a fiftieth. It was some some fiftieth, like like two hundred fifty or three hundred fiftieth episode celebration or something like that. And he mentioned it, and people clapped. And I thought, this is so dumb. Why are we cel- Why are we celebrating these milestones? Whereas for someone like Conan, you know, he's been doing it for twenty years. Um, he was gone for about one of those. <laughs> Not his fault though, uh, but he's probably done you know <clears throat> a thousand. That's. that's <laughs> Why did I lowball that number? He's been doing it for 20 years. You know, 40 weeks out of 52. Or 38 weeks out of 52. That's four days. Times 38. Look, I'm not good at That's 100. <laughs> Hold on, come on, Chad. You got this. 146, 156 episodes. I don't know. I stopped doing the math. I said, I thought I could. I'm not good at math. I'm only good at math. Uh, in, in areas where like at, at, t- at points in time where I don't need to be like when, or like when I really, really need to be like if I'm, um, or when I don't need to be truly, uh, like if I'm doing something like this and I, <laughs> and I have to describe, Oh, it's uh, 3 million uh, times, uh, 7,646 is uh, f- uh, 14 trillion, but you know, all that stuff. And I can, I can do it then. Um, or if I'm like, if I'm doing like bills and I really need, to <laughs> and I really need money to focus I'm like, come on. <laughs> Uh, we're back. Gonna keep introducing the show. Five minutes in. Gonna keep introducing the show. Uh, there's gonna be. Some, I don't know. I, I usually there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, I have next week's episode planned out. I have not been on top of my game in such a long time. Doing this show. It was probably because of the breakup. Uh, but you know, here we are doing it. Oh, I before I before I get started, there are I've done three interviews over the past couple of weeks. Two of them are up. Nicholas Coombe, Sherry Cola. Nicholas Coombe is from Paramount Networks. Uh, What's it called? Uh, 68 Whiskey. And then Sherry, Sherry Cola. <laughs> Sherry, eight. Sherry Cola is from Good Trouble. And I put both of their interviews up. They're both really well done. Uh, it's really tough to get that stuff up, but I got up in two weeks. And then I today, I just finished Maria Bamford's. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a little story. Which I never really tell. You know, I'm not going to tell this story because this is going to, no one listens to the show anyway. So <laughs> I thought I should, and then I shouldn't. You know. Anyway, I'll do it. <clears throat> so I'm going to start clearing my throat off mic. So <laughs> I had that interview all set up. All right. I was, I was so ready to do this interview. <laughs> and then, uh, what happened when I set that up? in December or, you know, yeah, in December or something. Uh, so this, this interview has been a long time. I, think. I, I gave her people asked me for what are the times? So I gave, and with this being a big person, a big act, I said, you know, what? I'll give him, I'll give him two times. So I gave him two times. I was ready and no one ever can conf- like neither party, both of us, neither party confirmed which time we just said, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> So I'm waiting for that first time. I'm going, what's going on? <laughs> and it's, it was a very long time I was waiting. <laughs> and then eventually I just said, all right, I got to I can't, I guess we're not doing it today. And I sent the email, I sent an email. And then the person emailed me back and said, I have you down for this, the second time. And I just thought, why didn't we just say something? <laughs> Again, I'm not mad at this person, and uh, and I, it was just it was just a mistake on my part. Um, 
but I, I just thought that was so funny that neither of us was just like, okay, let's let's confirm this because that's what usually happens. That's what whenever I talk to people, that's what usually that's how it usually goes down. Uh, so there we go. That's it. That was that story. <laughs> but we got it done that second the the next day. It was fine, and we talked for twenty minutes, and uh, it was great. She's a very lovely person. Um, I think it is my most fun interview because it was just two people jawing and making each other laugh. When I can make the comic laugh, I am so proud of myself. And, and, and not in a way that like they're being nice or I was just forcing a joke in there when I can make them uh, genuinely laugh. Even a chuckle. I'll even take a chuckle. Listen, let's get on to it. Let's get on topic. This first story comes from the Hollywood Reporter. And if you think that I dug out a bunch of stories today at the last minute, (laughs) you're correct. (laughs) Joe Buck talks, but this is, this goes in line with what's happening on Sunday, which is the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Buck talks Fox Super Bowl plans and the MLB cheating scandal quote tip of the iceberg comes from Kristen Chuba. Uh, So Joe Buck, if you don't watch football, has been announcing football for 25 years. Looks like, yeah, for a very long time. Or American sports, excuse me. He's been with sports for 20, 25 years. Uh, and he is probably one of the most notable guys in sports. Um, he stays relevant. He doesn't get too political, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I'll read this. For Buck50, whose sources say earns between 6 and $7 million a year, sports is a family business. And his uh, dad was a St. Louis Cardinals announcer. And he was husband to Michelle Beisner Buck, who was on ESPN. So Joe Buck's been around doing this for a long time. And uh, Kristen asked him a series of questions. Uh, talking about the MLB cheating scandal and uh, and what we should learn and all that stuff. He says, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg and all that stuff. Uh, but he did comment on Tony Romo, who was negotiating with a couple of, with two networks right now. So Tony Romo, Dallas Cowboy quarterback, one of my, I love the Cowboys, my favorite team of all time. Uh, and uh, so obviously I follow Romo. Um, and so Romo just hit it big in his off time as, uh, as an announcer. When he retired, he went to CBS and announced football games. And people thought, wow, this guy's really good because he's, he's calling plays before the plays are even have even started. He's uh, telling what the quarterback should and shouldn't do. And this and that he's, he's truly one of the best and he's only been doing it for a year. Now, uh, the rumor is that ESPN is trying to snatch him up, which they need. Uh, because if you watch last week's episode of news time, Omar Raja, he started house of highlights, the Instagram and YouTube and just where it takes all of the sports highlights and puts them all into one video for like a, for like a game or whatever and clips them out for social media. He, so he went to, he went to bleach report and now Omar is at ESPN doing their social stuff. So he's doing social and he is a personality on their shows. Great. You know, it's really cool in that video for news time that I shot uh, I went to Omar Raja's LinkedIn page and I click connect. <laughs> and then Tuesday, <laughs> this this past Tuesday, I got an email from LinkedIn that said, Omar Raja has accepted your connection. <laughs> I thought, wow, <laughs> this guy, this guy must like my, my energy. 
no, he probably just like any LinkedIn connection. You probably just, he just probably just saw it and it just went yeah, connect, whatever. I hope he looked at my profile. Like I looked at his though. That guy's my age and he's doing all these great things. Do has all these great jobs. He's are, he's affected how we share sports highlights. That guy is the reason why sports highlights are big on social. Isn't that crazy? And he's, I think he's a year. No, he's two years younger than me. How old am I? Yeah, he's two. He's a year. He's a year. We're the same age, essentially. I'm so just flabbergasted. I'm not angry. I'm very happy for him. But I'm just flabbergasted. I wish I could do something that people like. <laughs> anyway. So Romo has apparently, the rumors are, and Buck admits the rumors, quote, two weeks ago it was they're going to offer him between 8 and $10 million, and the next time I read it, it was 13 to $14 million. I don't know what happened, but his price just keeps going up. If I'm CAA, which is an agency, CAA's Tom Young, our shared agent, I'd say just sit it out. It keeps going up by $3 million every two weeks. <laughs> Tony is worth it. Tony is worth it. And, uh, and I just, I, I think people like Joe and, uh, if Gronk, if Gronk stays, I think he's, I don't think there's, I mean, he could come back, but I think Gronk will, he should, he should do the, uh, not officiating the, uh, announcing as well alongside Tony. Uh, and then the next question was, how much do you worry about the future of sports broadcasting as people increasingly cut the cord? And Joe gave a really, a really poignant idea point about where broadcasting could go. Sports broadcasting could go. If people cut the cord. So eventually if you, if you I hate saying cut the cord, if people leave cable and then streaming, streaming is the only place you can get sports or streaming is one of the places you can get sports. Uh, they're already doing it now on ESPN where you can differentiate if you want to watch a soccer match in English, or if you want to watch it in Spanish, or if you want to watch a basketball game in English or Spanish, or with, uh, you want to watch a football game in English or Spanish, or with two female announcers instead of two male announcers. And then Joe says, what if you want to watch, uh, they're going to be able to do, like, he says, eventually this is, this is a, this is just an eventually like a, a, a theory, a hypothesis, if you will. Eventually you might be able to quote, you might be able to have a specific camera on a specific player. If you just want to watch Aaron Rodgers play Aaron Rodgers play, and you don't care about anything else, you can just have your camera on your phone train on Aaron Rodgers. Like, and I can, I can see that happening. I can definitely see that happening. And, and then maybe Aaron Rodgers is mic'd up and you can only hear him talk, or you can just hear, uh, the coaches talk to Aaron or the coaches talk to the offensive players, which already happens in football, which that audio is already sent out. Uh, when, whenever you, whenever a play is replayed on television, you know, sometimes you, you hear the quarterback or the coach or the receivers or the lineman or whoever, whomever. Very interesting. And then uh, Joe Buck will also called the game five of the world series last year when, uh, when our president was booed and he said, <laughs> he didn't, he did, he said that, uh, politics and sports are, should never mix. Uh, I get what he's trying to do there, <laughs> but Joe, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta roll the punches whenever, uh, this stuff, this stuff happens. It's like when, when vice president was booed at Hamilton, 
when Hamilton was big. Booed by a room full of white people. And then the actors on stage were brown. Because <laughs> only what You know, I want to... <clears throat> I do... Hamilton is coming back around historic again. Uh, it was just in Chattanooga. Like, I would say two or three weeks ago. Because I saw my a couple of guys I went to college with saw it because they still live there. And then... I get—I don't know where it went, but it's coming to Atlanta in April. I think that's so strange. But I, but the Tivoli Theater, and which I can only where I can only assume it was in Chattanooga. <laughs> if you know Chattanooga, it's the only theater, <laughs> and it's the only theater worth going to. Seventeen minutes into this episode, uh, but I can only assume that it was at a Tivoli Theater. And it's a smaller theater, and I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking. I'm just thinking out loud. Okay, so next up. This one comes from Vox. Love Vox. Written by Alyssa Wilkinson. Hollywood is replacing artists with AI. The f- its future is bleak. Now, this is a pretty long feature, and it kind of points to uh, Black Mirror or what was going on with the Irishman or Gemini Man, wherein, for, and by Black Mirror, I mean like the theme is Black Mirror. But for Gemini and Irishman, those movies were notoriously, they were touched up. Uh, Will Fer- Will, Fer- Will Smith and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Their faces were touched up to make them seem younger in the movies and their respective movies, of course. And that's, you know, essentially done with a, a lot of hands-on work, you know, makeup and then also computer work, but then also artificial intelligence. That was a very loud spike of sound. Artificial intelligence. So, Alyssa, what she is proposing is that this could be eventually be the way we made movies. Look at, and she didn't write about this, but look at this and look at The Lion King, The Lion King that just came out in 2019. That movie was made entirely digitally. Now, they did go to some warehouse and they went to Africa, not the entire crew, but I think like a couple of people, including Favreau and like maybe like one camera guy. <laughs> Just Favreau, one camera guy. They did, I think, like the opening shot. Which, again, I still have not seen this movie. It is on Disney Plus. It just came on Disney Plus this week, and maybe I'll watch it. But uh, which I won't. <laughs> I have it on the background as I'm cleaning my apartment. I'll be in different rooms. I'll be in here <laughs> and the TV out in the living room, and I'll just hear something, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, but they, but other, they shot in like the opening sequence, and then otherwise everything else was done on a set. And then I remember, <clears throat> I, I I don't remember what podcast it was, but I think it was like the director's Q and A or something like that. And he was taught, and the host asked John. He said, "Could this have all been done? Like, could you have not gone to a set?" And then John said, "Yeah, I could have just sat at home." <laughs> But we wanted to. We want to get the actors in there. No, no. We want to get them moving around. You didn't capture the movements. You just captured their voices and they moved. <laughs> anyway, Alyssa's talking about, uh, and then she also links to some other great pieces in here that I skimmed over, admittedly, but uh, they were really good. Uh, the link that from the uh, apps like Facetune um, that took it took it talks. There's a there's an article. That it links to this loads up Facetune and the internet's personnel endless endless pursuit of physical perfection and talking about how apps uh, can tell you how to make your Instagram pictures look better. So you take a selfie and it's uh and it's and it's making your 
your toothy smile into a regular smile and it's making your stomach a little bit skinnier and your legs skinnier, your arms a little bit more toned and your neck slimmer and your hair brighter and your earrings bright, you know, all that stuff. And that's what, and, and it would, and they talk about how dangerous that can be for people. And then she also linked to another article uh, that also talked about Facetune and Instagram face. Uh, so search for a Vox Instagram face and then Vox Facetune. <laughs> those are those are those are all great pieces of work. They weren't articles; they were pieces of work. Uh, and 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 so no, we're we're already kind of stepping into that. Warner has uh, Warner Brothers, excuse me, has uh, uh, sought a deal with a with a firm called Cine. Cinelytic, uh, which is, quote, a startup in Los Angeles that uses algorithms and data to predict a film's success before the film is made or even greenlit. And it's dangerous. Is how they, they say they're only going to use it for marketing. But in theory, they could say, okay, this movie with Jamie Foxx and Kira Knightley. Did they date? Uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. That's Kate Beckinsale. Okay, anyway. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Keira Knightley, is this movie going to play well? And they could run it through the computer and the computer could go, nope. And then they just, and then the computer could go, get rid of Kate Beckinsale, put in Kerry Washington because people love watching two black people. And they can never be with anybody, any other race. All right. That's something I notice. That's something I, I'll take a little break from this. That's something I notice. Where you, I, where I sometimes I watch a movie or a show, and they only put the white couples with the white couples, the black couples with the black couples, the Mexican couples with Mexican couples, the Asian couples with Asian. Like, it, like why can't why can't there be in the real world? Like I've, and I'll admit it, I live in a very white hipster part of Atlanta, called the Old Fourth Ward. It's gentrified. They're pushing out all the people of color. However, I would say. Out of every 10 couples I see walking on the belt line or walking down the street, at least three of them are interracial. Three or four. The rest are white. But three or four. Or the rest are homogenous. Now, excuse me, because like I said, blacks with blacks, whites with whites. <laughs> homogenous. It's just, come on. Like, if, when, when, I, when I eventually, when I make my movies and my shows, Everybody's going to be interracial. The couple's going to be interracial. It's going to be great. We'll all look like the, what, the goobacks from South Park? <laughs> it's a racial term, but they made it up for the people of the future. <laughs> anyway. So these algorithms, this AI, this stuff, it's been utilized by people who are being billed as quote-unquote visionaries. She links to a lot of really, really great stuff. And uh, just check out this entire piece. But she links to something about uh, uh, the uh, the auteurs, the directors being visionaries like Bong Joon Ho, Bong Joon Ho, uh, Scorsese, uh, Nolan, Peel. Oh wait, excuse me, that's embarrassing. I just named a bunch of really good people. <laughs> uh, the guy who did Ang Lee, uh, Ang Lee. They're calling how visionary is like, you know, just bombastic and, and, uh, slimming down and making everything beautified and everything. So people like Ang Lee, people like, uh, I refuse to click on this for some reason. Let's see. I use my iPad like a, a 40 year old woman. Um, 
Ang Lee, Ridley Scott, uh, Guillermo del Toro, which is unfair because uh, I, I like Crimson Peak, which is the movie they are hinting at. Uh, and a bunch of other people who have been billed as a visionary, where and well, but whereas they're not really doing so. Uh, then, so you know th- these algorithms, there, and then they're also, excuse me, I don't know what this is. The algorithms are also already being used for, and and CGI and stuff is already it's it's gonna reinforce what Hollywood already thinks. You know, is that uh, we want these big Avengers movies and Star Wars films. Uh, And then she also says that Disney uh, did have eight of the top movies of the last seven of the top 10 grossing movies of 2019, both domestic and worldwide, came from Disney. And eighth, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home was Disney co-production. Meanwhile, the movie industry has cautiously but increasingly edged into using machine learning and AI technologies, such as an analysis tool called Scriptbook that predicts how well a movie might perform based on its screenplay. So, Synalytic looks at stars. Scriptbook looks at the script. There used to be a time, and then and then also, and I want to get to this real quick. And then also, uh, people like Carrie Fisher have passed away, and then James Dean. Uh, who has passed away. They're both brought back in movies. Carrie Fisher for The Last Star Wars, James Dean, who's going to be quote-unquote resurrected via CGI to play the leading role in a live-action Vietnam War movie called Finding Jack. Oh, God. And then and then we're also doing the same thing for music and concerts. There's an article I saw on uh, New York Times that I have not read yet, but it has been in my saved folder, my saved point for a very, since it came out. Since uh, winter, let's find it. It says old musicians never die. They just become holograms. And I believe John Caramonica wrote that. Oh, I'm sorry. Mark Benelli. Uh, so, you know, so we're, it's just, this is, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Movies. You, you could, first of all, I'd, I would say read this because I'm not doing it any justice, but movies, movies have become increasingly, I'm going to say just like the couples homogenous movies are homogenous. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it's disheartening to see because you know, they're, they're kind of treating an audience, you know, either a movie, a movie can be a big blockbuster like an Avengers, like a star Wars, um, or it can be an artsy Oscar bait film. And it's, there's the, the in-between movies, they just get lost in the shuffle unless you go out and seek them. Like I was, I last night I was watching the movie uh, "The Old Man and the Gun," which stars Robert Redford, Sissy Spacek, uh, the uh, Casey Affleck, Danny Glover, and uh, it's a movie that has gone under the wayside, <laughs> and it came out in 2018. And it's it's funny and it's charming, just like the old man that robs the banks in the movie. <laughs> Very charming. <laughs> That's a reference for nobody because no one has seen that movie. Uh, but these movies, again, like Lion King, they those movies take over. Even if they're you know quote unquote bad or good, they they take over the box office because it doesn't even matter anymore. All right. Anyway, I want to I don't want to harp on that for too long. I got three minutes left to do this, and then finally, uh, this comes from the New York Times. Will you be my hashtag content? Written by Haley Fallon. Uh, this is the t- talking about nano influencers, and this is the one I read this last Friday, and I put this on here. Uh, there, there's a rise of nano influencers, which are people who she gives the story of a woman who was traveling with her 
uh, other friends and they are, uh, they, and the, and the friends were tired and they're in Italy and they're, and it's like 3am and they're looking for their Airbnb, but the woman is recording them <laughs> and she's like, Hey guys, we're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, that's basically what, and like they're ba- nano influencers are people who record every moment of their life, uh, trying to make it seem, you know, it's hashtag content, uh, nano influencers are a scourge. <laughs> It's not what Haley is saying, but they are a scourge on the earth. Let me get to the part, if you'll excuse me, where I was at. With the rise of nano influencers, more and more everyday people are turning their personal lives into full-time careers, and that raises important questions regarding the people who populate those personal lives. What expectations of privacy do friends and partners have a right to do uh, to when hanging out with someone whose job or hobby it is to share everything about their day to day. Where do we draw the lines uh, between self-expression and unwarranted exposure is if their friends are sharing every single day of their lives, can they reasonably expect to be asked for consent every single day? There's one thing that I, I believe if I'm correct, I may, it might be something else I'm referring to, but later on she's talking about how, uh, there are when, when there's a camera around us, we change our behavior and uh, see like this, this is the camera in front of me. I my behavior like I, I'm never this subdued, <laughs> I guess. No, I am this subdued. Uh, <laughs> I'm never this animated the exact opposite. I, I, I don't, you know, when, when there's a camera around you, you know, you just kind of, let's talk about a regular person because I'm not a regular person. Because uh, I've been <laughs> brag in, in television <laughs> for years, uh, but whenever whenever you see somebody who, whenever you see a local news reporter doing a news report, and then there's people behind them, and it's live, and people are behind them, and they're like making faces and throwing their hands up and doing the peace sign and trying to see the you know curse words on the air, uh, that changes you change because there is a there's a new thing in a situation, and that new thing is is different from your life. You're able to, someone's going to see, you think someone's going to see, you think someone's going to be entertained. Do you think, I don't know what you're going to think. I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think. You know, or like the the story I told a couple of weeks ago about uh, my last time doing extra work because I'm never going to be an extra work again. Uh, I am too good for extra work. <laughs> too, too good. <laughs> um, you know, whenever people, or if you look in the background of any movie or TV show, watch the extras, especially movies you've seen before, watch the extras because the extras, sometimes the director or the producers or the AD or whomever does not catch the extra in the back that's doing the most. Sometimes that person is not caught and they need to be caught. When there's a camera introduced, you do, you're a completely different person. And so now they're talking about how this this uh, these nano influencers, how the their camera constantly being on is affecting their friendships, their relationships with people around them, uh, and that's that's really something to think about because if somebody like me, I may I may want to work. Um, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I want to work in television, which I do. I want to work in film. You know, I want to be behind the camera. I want to be in front of the camera sometimes, not all the time, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to share everything on Instagram. I in 2018 I did nine or ten Instagram posts in 2019, and this is like not deliberately, but I did five posts because no one needs to know everything about my life. But then you go to you follow somebody else 
on Instagram and they're doing a post a day or a post every couple hours or a post a week. So not everybody wants this con, you know, hashtag content. I guess we're going to do this for content now. <laughs> Just the bunny ears. <laughs> Listen, I've been talking for a long time. Eddie's episode is probably too long. But I urge you to check it out. Check out all those articles. There's, those are really great, especially the last two, really interesting things. Uh, next week, we'll probably be doing Oscar stuff. Uh, since the Cowboys are not in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen, if you like what you heard here, head on over to the website, simplescomedy.com, where there are new interviews, Nicholas Coombe, Sherry Cola, and by tomorrow, Maria Bamford. The last time I said that, it did not happen, so, but hopefully. So definitely check it out. Or by the, no, not, not tomorrow, by the day, by the time this podcast uploads, it should be up. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Definitely check it out. And then we, uh, oh, (laughs) if you like what you heard here and you want to see a video version of the show, I didn't check the time. I just got a survey from Google. That's how I make my money. If you want to see a video version of the show, head to youtube.com slash C plus comedy where you can see me in all my glory. I'm wearing pink pants with a pink and blue, sky blue and white shirt with navy. And then uh, kind of a uh, royal blue, what is that? A, a light navy cardigan. It's a great fit. I truly love I love this outfit. <laughs> and then red and blue and gray socks. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out if you want to see that happen. And then also on youtube.com slash people's comedy, you can see news time, which is our weekly news show, which is like the daily show, except way less funny, uh, where I take one entertainment news story and I just dissected this week's episode was about, uh, Sundance. So I did a Sundance thing and the cold open is one of the <laughs> craziest things I've done. It's very simple, but it's very, very <laughs> stupid and insane. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's about Sundance. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Simples Comedy. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about the Constitutional Podcast so I can get some advertisers uh, because people have been reaching out. <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but it's true. So please, <laughs> please. <laughs> this show's been around long enough. Simplescomedy.com's been around long enough. Let me get some ad money, baby. Um... And yeah, there's that. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. You're the best. Stay golden. I love you. Bye.